0: Hi Hope, there's a lot of illusions, a lot of lies that we believe in our relationships. Even like right now, you believe there's a hole in this card, but there's not. What lies do you believe in your relationships? Romance, why is it something that is at times so easy, also at times so difficult? It's not like we gave up, well, maybe we did. If marriages and families are going to succeed, we have to figure out intimacy. Um, close your eyes, mm-hmm. okay? And put both your hands out. Will you think of a card for me? You could think of any card. Mm-hmm. You have one? Yeah. Okay, and then think of, um, so I was imagining that I was doing this, but I, was, um, I realized it was a dream when I realized I was doing it for this celebrity. What, what celebrity do you think it was? Uh, take, uh, take a, uh, what celebrity would you do it for? Uh, John Mayer. John Mayer. All right, so imagine you're doing this for, for John Mayer. You're thinking of one card? Yes. Yes? All right, I want you to imagine that you're not thinking of that card, but you've asked John Mayer mm, to yes. think of a card. You, you have, it? Yeah, I have it? Okay, so he's thinking of one. You've shuffled up the cards numerous times. Um, he, he thinks of one, and here's what i realized happened. I'm gonna place one card in your hand, the card I think you're thinking of. In the deck. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Open up your eyes. Yeah, it's my license <laughs> and my wallet. So that's where I realized I was dreaming, is I was like, um, I realized I was on the plane, I was doing this, I was mm-hmm. shuffling up my wallet. Um, and. Then I realized this, that inside of that wallet, there was a card. What? And you're just thinking of a card. Yes? Yeah. (laughs) Was the card you're thinking of the two of spades? Yes. (laughs) Yes? Yeah. Dude. Oh, Oh, no! No (laughs) Uh! What? Oh my gosh. No way.
1: (laughs) I, I still haven't decided if he's that good or our staff just isn't that smart. I can't quite figure that one out yet. But if you're visiting this weekend, we're in a series that we're calling House of Cards, The Illusion of a Perfect Family, because none of us have perfect families. But we're talking about how do we experience the family as God intended the family to be experienced. And, you know, we've said from day one, the foundation of the family is marriage. This weekend, I want to talk about romance and intimacy as it relates to the marriage relationship. And if you're single, I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. What a great weekend to come to church. But it is. Let me tell you why. Why? Because next weekend, I'm going to be speaking to the singles. And this is for everybody. I mean, if you got kids or grandkids, everybody needs to hear this message this weekend. Because what I'm going to talk about, sometimes there's joy and fulfillment and blessings in being single, and I'm going to show you that from the Bible, but 90% of you who are single are going to get married, so I'm going to talk to you from a biblical perspective next week about how to find the love of your life. But this weekend, I'm going to tell you, once you find them, how to keep the love of your life, okay? (laughs) Because we're going to talk about this topic, and I want us to begin where the Bible begins. So if you have your Bible this weekend, Genesis chapter 1, we looked at this a few weeks ago, You remember that Genesis chapter one is the story of God's creative act, and you read in chapter one that God created the light and land and sea and sky and plants and animals and fish and everything that crawled along the earth. He even created mankind. And then following God's marvelous act of creation, God steps back and he appraises his work. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter one, verse 31. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. But what's interesting is when you get to Genesis chapter two, God zooms in and he begins to amplify the creation of mankind. For example, we learned that God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. By the way, in the Hebrew, the word Adam means red dirt. Okay, he formed him from the dust of the ground. He breathes into Adam's nostrils and Adam becomes a living being. God puts him in the beautiful garden of Eden that he had created just for him. He said, take care of it, name the animals. But then it says in verse 18 that God looked at Adam and said, hey, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper. When you see that word helper, think companion. Or you may even think playmate. I'll come back in a few minutes and tell you why I I say that. I will make a helper suitable for him. This word helper in the Hebrew means I'm gonna make someone corresponding to him. I'm going to make someone who will be in harmony with him. So it says in verse 21, the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. And then you come across the, 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 the never to be improved on statement of marriage in verse 24 This is why a man leaves his father and mother and he's united to his wife and become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. That's a good life. And that's also a good marriage. There's a sense of innocence. There's a sense of intimacy. In fact, let me give you from Genesis chapter two, Four essential ingredients that can be found in every successful marriage. Here's the first one, there has to be severance. You see that in verse 24. That is why a man will leave his father and mother. It just simply means when the time is right for a bride and groom to get married, they, they break that dependent tie with their parents. It doesn't mean you break the relationship, it means that you're no longer dependent on your parents, you're now dependent on one another. So there's severance, and then second, there must be permanence, look at verse 24 again. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. This Hebrew word translated united means to bond, to glue, to permanently fix together. So there's severance, there's permanence, and then third, there must be unity. Verse 24 says, and they become one flesh. And we looked at this a few weeks ago. That is an incredible thought. I mean, God says it's possible for two distinct people to be so bonded, so woven, so glued, so permanently fixed together in body, soul, and spirit that they actually become one. You remember we used the show, another no longer two, but one. And God says that happens. And that leads forth to intimacy. Verse 25: Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So there's this beautiful environment, this beautiful sense of intimacy and, 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 and innocence. And that's what I want to talk about over the next few minutes. How do we as married couples, how do we experience that? That delight of romantic intimacy, how do we experience as a, that as a married couple? Because I got to be honest with you, this is what's lacking in a lot of marriages. And I will tell you, when it goes lacking, you will begin to drift apart as a married couple. Psychiatrists tell us that 80% of romance and intimacy is gone out of your marriage relationship within 24 months. So what are you gonna do about it? Well, I wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about how do you maintain that intimacy. For those of you that lost it a long time ago, I wanna talk about how can you recapture that intimacy, that satisfaction, that, that fulfillment that God planned and designed for you to experience in your marriage. Now, let me just say something. This subject is so important to God. By the way, there's more in the Bible where it talks about sex and intimacy for enjoyment than there is that talks about sex and intimacy for being fruitful and multiply. This is a very, very important topic to God. It is so important that God wrote an entire book on this subject. It's called, sometimes the translation is a song of songs. Most of us know it as the Song of Solomon. It is the greatest love story ever recorded. It is so much better than that trashy, trashy bachelor bachelorette. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. It is so much better than any of those cheesy movies you're gonna see on the Hallmark Channel. This is the real deal, okay? And it's the story of Solomon... And his fiance, who is soon to become his bride, and just like any great love story, it all begins with a dating relationship, and, and it's really, it really is laid out in an interesting way if you've ever read the Song of Solomon. Uh, his wife-to-be and Solomon, they go back and forth in a conversation. For example, it says in chapter one, verse two, she says to him, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. And right away, you know, I'm in for some good stuff. I mean, that's a good book to read, right? Verse three, pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chamber. So this future bride is talking about the day that her king, uh, the king, her husband-to-be, they will finally be together. They will finally be married. They will finally be one. Solomon responds back to her in chapter one, verse nine. I liken you, my darling, to a mare not an old nag, not an old nag, a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. So these are, these are primed horses, this is a compliment. See, Solomon loves horses like I love horses, right? He says, your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your necks with strings of jewels. Chapter one, verse 15, your eyes, they're like doves. Chapter two, verse two, like a lily among the thorns is my darling among the young women. She responds back to him in chapter two, verse three, like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, is my lover among the young men. My point is simply this. This couple, they want each other. They desire each other. They can't wait. Nothing wrong with that. Laura and I got married when we were 22 and 19. I told you, we saved both of us. We saved ourselves until we got married. I can remember praying, God, don't you dare let Jesus come back. Don't let him come back before December 23rd, 1978. He can come back on the 24th, but don't you dare. Don't make me wait all this time and then you just blow it, right? So I, that, that's what's going on here. I probably should have shared that with you. But anyway, Solomon responds in chapter 4, verse 1. How beautiful you are, my darling. How beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Your hair is like a flock of goats, right? That's awesome. Descending from the hills of Gilead. Look at this. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Each has a twin. Not one of them is alone. See, I live in Fuquay now. If you speak Fuquay, what that means is she got all her teeth, and he likes that. He likes that in a woman. That's what it's saying right there. Your lips are like scarlet ribbon, your mouth is lovely, your neck is like the Tower of David. She responds back to him in chapter five, verse 10. My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. Verse 11, his head is pure as gold, his hair is wavy and black as a raven. Verse 12, his eyes are like doves. Verse 14, his arms are rods of gold, his body is like polished ivory. Heck, I would date him, you know what I'm saying? Verse 15. His legs are pillars of marble, verse 16. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is altogether lovely, which is Hebrew. He got it all going on. I mean, this man's got it all going. Now, I read all of this just to point out the fact this probably doesn't sound like most of our marriage relationships. You know why? Because even as Christians, most of us are pretty lousy lovers. And because the pace, the priority of our lives is so messed up, so screwed up, We read something like this that's God's word and we think that's so weird. In fact, right now some of you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable and you're thinking, why are we even talking about this in church? I'll tell you why. It's because this is what they're talking about where your kid goes to school. And this is what they're talking about on the college campuses. And this is what the media is trying to portray their version of what intimacy and romance is about all the time. But God created sex. How about that? You ever thought about that? God sitting in heaven one day and thought, hmm, I got the coolest idea, <laughs> right? This was God's idea. So if we're gonna talk about intimacy and romance anywhere, God created this for a man and a woman in a committed married relationship. If we're gonna talk about it anywhere, we should talk about it at church. And, and what we're reading here in the Song of Solomon is this, this is what our marriages should look like. But I guarantee you that there's a lot of you listening at all of our campuses right now, you would do anything to have your spouse relate to you and communicate to you anywhere near the way that this spouse communicated with their spouse to be. But this is what I want you to understand. I want you to know that romance and intimacy, it is a gift from God and it cannot grow unless it is nourished. And if you just ignore it, and if you just leave it alone, I promise you this, it is going to decay and if you let it go down that road long enough, it is gonna die. And I don't care how spiritual you are, no amount of Bible study will replace what God created intimacy to do in your marriage. No amount of church attendance will take the place of the intimacy between you and your spouse. And this is what's interesting. You just mentioned the possibility of no you know, intimacy around a newlywed, they, they don't, they're like, what are you talking about? They can't even imagine this. I'm telling you, if you're a newlywed, it'll happen. It'll happen unless you do something to prevent it from happening. So that's what we're gonna talk about this weekend. Now, I understand, ladies, you don't want to hear a male perspective on intimacy and romance. So I have invited my beautiful wife to come out and join me. And from here on out, we're gonna talk about this together. So Laura, would you come on out? Would you guys give her a warm hope welcome? This is the woman that has put up with me for 41 years. Hey, baby. Hey. Now listen, we're gonna be talking about the barriers to, to intimacy. But before we do that, uh, many of you know Joe Bosco. If you don't know Joe Bosco, you know him as as Dinkle, as one of our elves around here every year at Christmas time. And about nine weeks ago this weekend, he went into the hospital with symptoms of pneumonia, was immediately put into ICU, by Monday was in a medically induced coma, his lungs had collapsed, he actually coded for five minutes. He was in a coma for six weeks. He's finally out, he's in a rehab hospital and it's gonna be months recovery. And so Laura and I decided, along with a couple of other friends here at Hope, that we were going to do a fundraiser for Joe because he means so much to us. There are some people who are given positions of influence, and then there are some people who just have influence because of who they are and how they treat people, and Joe's one of those individuals. And many of you have asked, how can we get involved? So October the 13th, we're going to be throwing a fundraiser, and every, pro, every penny that comes in will be for Joe Bosco. It's going to be at Waverly Place. Uh, there's going to be, We're going to be on the lawn there. We're going to have bands performing. Our own Aaron Pelsu is going to be... performing there. I know you don't want to miss that. It's just going to be a fun night from five o'clock to eight o'clock. Now we need you to go online and buy tickets. It's, I'm just telling you, it's a hundred dollars a ticket, but we're raising money. All the food is donated. It's going to be a buffet set up at at, at Enrigo's and Bistro, all the sodas, all the drink, all the beer, all the, everything's included in it for a hundred dollars. Every penny of it's going to go toward the Bosco family. For those of you who can't afford that, we still want you to come. We're going to be, they're going to be giving out selling pizza by the slice. But we're just going to have a great time. So go to the website, joebosco.me. Get your tickets. Plan on being there. We'll be there. We're going to hang out and just have a good time together. Bring your folding chairs so you can sit out in the lawn there yeah. and listen to the bands perform. And we'll see you next week. So Laura and I, we're going to talk about what are three significant barriers to intimacy and romance. In our, and I'm just going to tell you, we're going to keep it practical. In fact, this is how practical it's gonna be. Here's the first barrier to physical intimacy once you've been married, especially if you've been married for a while. Are you ready for this? Personal maintenance. Personal maintenance. I mean, we just read these verses. It shows how Solomon absolutely adored his bride. She absolutely adores him. He compliments her on her mouth, her cheeks, the fact she's got all her teeth. She comes back and she says, you are so dazzling, you are so handsome, you're such a hunk. But these, 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 these two are seriously hot for each other. Now I point this out because let's be honest, sometimes once we secure our spouse, once we finally say I do, once we're finally married, we have a tendency to let ourselves go. And if you don't believe that, listen to these statistics. Did you know within the first five years of marriage, the average woman in America puts on 24 pounds? The average husband in America puts on 30 pounds. Did you know in America, as a married couple, you're three times more likely to be obese than a single person? By the way, right there, there's a benefit of being single, right there. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> but it's not just about the physical stuff. I mean, good gracious, man, you get married and 10 years later, you're still wearing the same pink top and you know gym shorts you were wearing when you were in college. And it's just not very attractive anymore. Or you're wearing black socks with sandals. That's just not gonna get you where you wanna go. You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> And guys, if you don't shave, and you don't shower for a few days, we are probably not gonna be attracted to you. I mean, um, we will still love you, but um, what happened to that hot man that we married? Uh, we still wanna find you desirable and attractive, and we want you to look good, and we want you to smell good. So um, Mike gets made fun of a lot of times because he goes and gets pedicures. And, but hey, I've seen some of your toenails. They look like hooks.
1: Missing links, yeah. I've seen some of you men, like the missing link. You right?
2: walk around with your gym shorts on and your stretch out old sweaty t-shirts and you think, hey baby, I still got it. And we're thinking, don't even come near me.
1: Hey, are you ladies, you can be just as bad. I mean, good gracious, like, oh, you know, I don't really need makeup. <laughs> you know, or you just put on, you know, you put on no yoga pants and just go everywhere all the time. Or, or, or you start wearing those Not Tonight Honey t-shirts. Y'all got them. Ours got one. that says, best grandma. I know. Yeah. Clothes for business when she comes to bed with that thing on. Right, right. But here's my question. If you took pride. Like, see, would you go out on a date like that? No. So if you took pride in your appearance Maybe. before you got married, why wouldn't you take pride in your appearance after you get married? Remember, what you did to get them is what you do to keep them. So let me just give you some really practical advice. Men, listen to your wife. If she suggests something, she's telling you, that would make you attractive to me. I'll never forget, I I bugged Laura for years to let me get a tattoo, and she said, no, you're not getting a tattoo, you're not getting a tattoo, you're not getting a tattoo. And and I I was, and so finally, our 25th anniversary, we were walking down a beach together, and I think it's because she saw all these hunky guys with tattoos. She said, honey, you should go get a tattoo. Now, she will tell you, I literally walked off the beach straight to a tattoo place and got a tattoo. I didn't pass, go collect $200. I got it before she could change her mind. One night we were having dinner and she just kept glancing up at my hair. And you know, because it turned gray and then it it started turning loose. And she just looked at me and she said, you need to shave your head. I went home and shaved it the very next morning. See, That's just what I, listen, we were vacationing this year and she said, honey, you're looking mushy. Mushy.
2: Like marshmallow I got on the man. scale
1: like Marshmallow Man. She called me the Michelin Man. I got on the scale. I weighed 212 pounds. I have weighed 190 pounds consistently for the last probably 30 years. I tell you what. I sit up here this weekend. I'm down back down to 188 because you know I want her. To be pleased with me. If she told me, you know what really turns me on? Clowns. I would go buy a red nose and big shoes (laughs) and wear them around. I'm just saying. saying. But listen to your wife. Find out what works for her.
2: And women, listen to your husband. Um, He wants you to look good too. Now, I understand it's tough. Uh, We have babies. We go through menopause. then, Then an illness happens. And it is really tough to stay in shape. But he doesn't need you to be a size zero. He just wants you to take care of yourself. That's what's important, that you're healthy. Uh, and ladies, really, if the old bar needs some paint, we need to paint it. Um, I mean... I always show Mike hairstyles. I go on Pinterest and I show him, do you like this one? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? And yeah, he, he hates it. But, and, and then he loves me to wear makeup. So I wear makeup. If I'm not wearing makeup and we go somewhere, he, he says, you, you don't look very good. So, um, and high heels, high heels. He loves high heels. So
1: Flats are for quitters. That's my and, slogan. That's what I live by that. Flats but, are for quitters.
2: I mean, but there's times where, I mean, my feet just hurt, and so I'll bring a pair of flip-flops and change into them later. But really, high heels do make your legs look better.
1: And I know what you're thinking. We got the most shallow pastor and pastor's wife I've ever met in my life.
2: That's okay.
1: But this is what we've noticed over the years. Tell them, honey. She's pointed this out to me so many times.
2: You can see people, and they start losing weight and taking care of themselves when they are strolling for a new partner. Um, Ladies, if you're flirting with that guy, um in your office, you're gonna start taking care of yourself and looking how you dress. And guys, when you start working out to impress that hottie, uh, you know what, but why don't we work that hard for our own marriage? Why do we wait for somebody else? And we've else? seen
1: people get divorced, and after they get divorced, all of a sudden, they join a gym, change their hairstyle, get in shape, because they know they're back back mm-hmm. on the market, right? So. What you did to get them is what you do to keep them. Here's the second barrier to physical intimacy is the lack of quality time. And I'll just tell you right now, you cannot have quality time without quantity of time. I mean, just read the Song of Solomon. Do you have any idea how much time it took to cultivate the kind of crea- you know, the kind of creativity that you read between Solomon and his bride? Read about in this book. I mean, you read this book, you you, you kind of get the distinct feeling that their relationship was a priority all the time. They set aside time to express to one another, to listen to one another, to be be creative. And I'm telling you. When you think about physical intimacy and romance, it's gonna take times, because here's a news flash, when it comes to sex, men and women could not be more different. Did you know, ladies, that every time you think about sex, your husband has thought about sex 33 times? Those are the statistics. And as a result, hey, we're always ready. I mean, we are always ready to sprint into sex, because that's what we think
2: about but a wife sex drive is more like running a 5K. It takes time. For guys, sometimes it'll take two to three minutes. For a woman, it's maybe 20 to 30 minutes. And Hollywood has really messed us up because they always portray these couples on the screen who are just immediately, you know, instantly passionate for each other. Um, They never say, oh, honey, not tonight. I have baby throw up all over me, you know? it, It just doesn't work that way in Hollywood. But our differences are normal and this is the way that God made us, and I don't know why, but um, it's been a struggle for us in our marriage. Yeah. When we uh, first got married, I thought, oh, I mean, you want sex again? Are you kidding? And he was thinking there was something wrong with me.
1: And she thought there was something wrong with me, I promise you, I think the third night of our honeymoon, she was on the balcony at a hotel, like, I will jump if yeah. you come near me one more time. Stay you know away what i we like, wait a minute, I've been waiting 22 years, get back in here, right, and so, you know, but here's the thing. But see, men, this is hard for us, but most of us are clueless concerning, and I'm concluding myself, the complexity of this relationship between a husband and wife, and it's because God kind of made us men one-dimensional, you know? We could have had a little fight, and I could huff and go outside and get all sweaty and dirty doing the yard work, and, not, and I can come back into the kitchen and say, you want me, don't you? And she was like, no, I don't want you. But, but see, we, we kind of we think that way, Right? So we don't think about how long it really takes to actually get there. You know, you play golf all day, you're sweaty, you smell like bourbon and beer when you come home, you can't, you can't figure out why she's not attracted to you.
2: Wives, on the other hand, we are very multifaceted. Context is huge for us. Now, um, guys, you may come home from work greatly desiring your wife, um, but you were rude to her this morning before you left for work, and she cannot disconnect those two things. How she feels about you, uh, it will depend on whether or not she wants to have sex or not. Your wife needs to feel close to you in order to be physical with you. So um, you may wanna have sex to fix things, but we are not wired that way. That's not the way women work. Remember this, great sex happens with a happy wife who feels close to you outside of the bedroom. So that means, if you were rude to her in the morning, make sure you call her and say, I am so sorry. Make sure you stop and buy flowers, and if you're really broke, you can go next door and pick the neighbor's flowers and give them to her. That works. Um, yeah, give her a hug and a kiss, and ask her how her day went. Um, it's, it takes time, but thankfully, there are those times when we've both been in the mood.
1: Yes. Twice, we can remember. In 40 years of marriage, it worked out that way. But which brings up the other issue, what do you do when one of you is in the mood and the other one's just not in the mood? Well, man, first of all, we have to realize we can't be sprinters all the time. Sometimes we have to jog. Actually, we have to get to the place where it's kind of fun to jog, right?
2: And women, you don't always need to run so slow. Sometimes it's okay to sprint. Um, But here's the deal. Husbands, when you were thinking about your wife's needs, and wives, when you are thinking about your husband's needs, then finally you have two people who are understanding intimacy. And that's the key to marriage. Uh, we have it all wrong if marriage and intimacy is all about what we get out of it. I need to give Mike 100% and he needs to give me 100%. It's not about what you get, it's about what you give.
1: And it's amazing. I mean. It- some of you ladies, if you're honest, you're a lot more committed to your kids than you are your husband. Right. And that's not the way the Bible designed it. And some of you men, you're a lot more committed to your career than you are your wife. In fact, if you wanna know why there's no sizzle in your marriage, look at your calendar. And this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I know I beat on it all the time. But we have time for work. When duty calls, we have time for overtime. If we have money, we have time to shop for a car, get a house. We have time to play golf. We have time to sit there and look at our phone all day on social media, right? Children, I don't mean... When you think about children.
2: Well, kids are a gift from God, but they can play havoc on your marriage. It takes time and energy. You're running them all around, trying to pick them up and take them to the next practice and all of this stuff. You finally, the kids get in bed and you are spent. You have no energy left. Um, But moms... Some of you have a problem with the priority. Your, your priority are your kids instead of your husband. And your husband should be number one in your life. This will greatly benefit your kids. Mm-hmm. Keeping your marriage fresh and healthy, it will benefit your kids.
1: So what kind of priority have you put on your relationship with your spouse? And if you think about it, in the days of Moses... They had it down. This is what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse five. If a man has recently married, he must not be sent to war or have any other duty laid on him for one year. For one year he is free to stay at home and bring happiness to his wife he has married.
2: So how about planning even one date night a month or even a lunch date when the kids are in school? Because you've got to start somewhere because dating brings benefits. One, it opens up communication. Um, Two, it keeps things fresh. Three, it helps you rediscover why you fell in love. You get to reengage with somebody. Uh, When we spend time together, I realize I love his sense of humor and I love the way that he treats or service people. He's generous and he's kind. Um, Fourth, it keeps you committed. If you're planning these dates and you're putting this time and effort, you are working on your marriage. And last it relieves stress. There was a study that was done in 2017 where they found out that married couples have less stress because of the security in marriage. And also it's great health benefit to have sex because it lowers your blood pressure and it keeps you from having heart attacks.
1: Yes, yeah, I don't think keeping me alive right now. But here's a third barrier the physical enemy. You people about to kill me. Here's a third one monotony. It's monotony, same old rut, same old wardrobe, same old place. You know, you do the same old thing, but you expect some kind of unique results. But you got to change things up. And uh, men, especially for us, we got to work at being creative. In fact, if you read the Song of Solomon, you'll discover I don't think this couple could even spell monotony. I mean, one minute Solomon's making her earrings, another minute he's writing her poetry, another minute he's taking her on a long walk through the forest. Heck, the guy even took the initiative to panel the master bedroom with cedar that he cut down from Lebanon. I mean, that, that's a good guy.
2: I've made Mike watch enough HGTV where he knows that's really hot. Yeah, so. I can. But um, how did the wife respond? Was she monotonous? Song of Songs 711 says, Come to me, my beloved. Let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. She planned these getaways. She's thinking ahead. She's taking the initiative.
1: Now, let me tell you why this is so important. I, I said earlier that one of the top three needs of a man in a wife is to be a companion. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, remember what I said? It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper. The word means companion, suitable for him. I said it could also mean playmate. By the way, that got some of the men's attention, right? But he just, he wants somebody that he can have fun with. And so God says, I'm going to give him a playmate, a corresponding uh, companion, because I want him to be able to have fun. By the way, just so you know, this is why we buy train sets for our kids. It's not for our kids. It's so we can play with them. See, we we like to have fun. And if you don't believe that, ladies, when you get out of church and go home, just say, honey, you want to do something fun? They go, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that they will want to do something fun. But I mean, this is just common sense. Why do we fall in love? We have fun with each other. We fall in love because we enjoy each other. We can't wait to see each other. Why do we fall out of love? We stop enjoying each other. We stop having fun with each other. And before you know it, what are we doing? We're going on the guy's golf trip. We're going on the guy's fishing trip because that's where we now find, have fun. And the ladies are going away to the beach. It should never be that way. I'm not saying you shouldn't go away with men, men go away with men. and women. We all do that, right? But I'm saying this, the guys that will tell you that travel with me, I go away, go fishing or go to a game with, they will tell you, Hands down, I would always rather be with this person than I would. I enjoy them, but I'd much rather be with her. In fact, the big joke with us is I call home probably 10, 12, 15 times a day. Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you? She's like, don't you have something to do? Why do you keep calling me? But you, your spouse should be the person that you find the most enjoyment with. And you, but it takes creativity. And Laura, she's phenomenal. She's just one of those people that understands she'll put my desires of, ahead of her desires. For example, I turned 63 in July and she said, What do you want to do? I said, I wanna go horseback riding. And so we were on vacation and sure enough, she, she booked a horseback riding trip. And it wasn't just a one hour, it was three hours. But here's the cool thing, Laura hates horses. She's a scared oh, to death of yeah, horses. Yeah, afraid of horses. In fact, we went horse riding one time in California and I was riding in front of her and she said, what's this horse doing? And I turned around and the horse was going down. It was laying down. I said, honey, that thing's gonna roll you. Get off the horse. So she got off the horse, I jumped off my horse. By the time my feet hit the ground, that horse was chasing her, trying to bite her. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, to be quite That's honest good. with you. But she she went, in fact, I got a picture of her. She went riding for three hours on that horse because she, she knows I like to do that. Uh, just last weekend, we weren't here because last Christmas, she said, what do you want for Christmas? I said, I don't really need anything. She said, "Was there something you wanna do? And I said, man, since I was a child, I wanted to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, And I wanted to see the Crimson Tide play a football game. So she gave me tickets for Christmas last year, and that's where we were last weekend. We got field passes. We had just a blast, 102 degrees on the field. She did not really want to be there, but she did it because it was important to her that we got to experience that. You got to be creative. You got to be willing to put your spouse's needs above your own needs.
2: But Mike gets this too. I mean, he watches my favorite TV shows with me. and I don't know whether he likes it or not, but um, he, he, no, Say that's yes to that's the dress. no, yeah. Um, but he also takes me to Broadway shows, which I love, and I think he likes it too. Really, he likes it. The that. parts
1: I'm awake during I love, no. they incredible.
2: no, yeah. Uh, He knows all the songs by heart and everything, yeah. Um, He took me on a shopping spree for my birthday and sat in every chair that he could while I shopped around the stores. And then um, for this big birthday that I just had last month, he planned a big birthday party and invited friends. And um, we had food and friends and dancing, which he hates dancing, but we had dancing, so...
1: You gotta gotta be creative. It takes time. You gotta put the desires of your spouse ahead of your own desires. But see, here's the payoff. You get to Song of Solomon, chapter seven, verse 12. Let us go to the vineyards. Like, let's go to Napa, right? To see if the vines have budded. If their blossoms have, hey, let's go see the pomegranates and see if they're in blue. There, I will give you my love. No force No sense of obligation. It's because they've done their work behind the scenes. It's the most natural thing in the world. So learn to be creative.
2: And maybe you don't have a lot of money. So um, here's some ideas. Maybe you can have dinner at home, put the kids to bed, and then go out to a restaurant for dessert. Or maybe you can share babysitting with your friends or plan at-home dates um, put the kids to bed. And by the way, let me just say here that some of you let your kids stay up way too late. Put them to bed and have your alone time.
1: 4.30.
2: Yeah. <laughs> as soon as they get home from school, put them to bed. Get no. good shades. <laughs> no. Um, and maybe you could do dessert by candlelight. Remember, candlelight makes us all look better. We look younger. <laughs> um, share a bottle of wine, watch a movie together, or play a romantic game with each other in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Difference so. between a
1: dog and a fox, three beers, <laughs> three beers, but anyway. So
2: breaking through the monotony bearer, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of creativity, but it is worth it. Putting your spouse's needs above your own will help your marriage. And by the way, um, if you are a grandparent, I encourage you, offer to take your grandchildren overnight so your kids can have a date night and you know go home together, and it just makes all the difference in the world for them. Now- I realize that there are other barriers that are much tougher to handle than what we're talking about here. And there's things like illness and abuse. There's affairs that come into, maybe it's previous sexual baggage that you are dealing with. So there are a few books that we recommend. And I know there's many more. But um, these are really good ones for you to start with here. For women only, for men only, and intimate issues. Um, Great authors that are really have a great amount of insight to help us.
1: And if there's a barrier you still can't break through, hey, as a church we're here to help you. We can offer counseling, we can get you in to good biblical marriage counseling. Maybe you need to help by getting a mentor, an older couple that could mentor you and help you work through it, or maybe a, a ministry like Reengage that can help you reengage in this aspect of your of your marriage again. But let's just leave you with three things to remember. I call these these are the ABCs of love. Here's the first thing. It begins with A. Attaining intimacy in your marriage takes commitment. I can promise you this. It's not going to be automatic. It's going to take time. It's going to take effort. Uh, for some of you where it's just kind of gone, gone dormant, you're going to have to be very, very intentional about it. One of the things we've done at Hope, if you're new to Hope, every once in a while I challenge the 21-day sex challenge. And I, I, I challenge every married couple in the church to have sex every day for 21 days. Why? because they tell us all the time that it takes some, doing something every day for 21 days for it to become a habit. And some of you need to get this habit back into your marriage relationship so you don't continue to drift apart. We had
2: a lot of babies born. After a that. lot
1: of babies have been born. We've had some it's of our true. greatest church growth during that time, but here's, here's the thing. For us, one of our greatest frustration is just not spending enough time together. When we started the church particularly, it was all in all the time. I spoke 52 weekends a year, probably for the first four years of the church, so we didn't get to go away or do anything. But over time, we, we learned it had to be a priority. I learned that you'll be here when I get back, at least most of you. But it's important because see, if our marriage collapses, if our marriage fails, it's gonna impact a lot of people. So you've gotta make it a priority.
2: So second, becoming a great lover takes time and work. Um, Many women, many of us women feel like sex is a chore at times. Maybe you have young children that are always, you know, pulling on your legs or your desire has waned. Um, But the truth is, this sex is something that God created to illustrate the relationship between Christ and his bride, the church. And not having sex with your spouse would be like not having intimacy with God. Now, that sounds weird, but let me explain. Um, A few days without your quiet time, let's say you go a few days without praying or reading the Bible, well, you'll make it, but if you go for a really extended period of time, sin's gonna creep in to that relationship between you and God, and it's the same way, you go too many days without sexual intimacy with your spouse, and sin's gonna start creeping in. I mean, that's when you get those wandering eyes, there's love loss, Um, It just makes it easier to kind of walk away from a marriage. Um, The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control.
1: So it's very important. B, becoming a great lover takes time. Then this is C, comprehending the different expressions of love takes patience. Most of you probably read the book, The Five Love Languages. They're gifts, quality time, personal touch, acts of service, words of affirmation. Most men think there's a six, sex, and we think that we're fluent in that love language, but my Mm -hmm. point is this, when you get married, you're gonna have one expression of love, your spouse is gonna have another expression of love, and it takes some time to be able to figure those things out, it takes some patience. For example, Lars' words of affirmation. Uh, she spoke this weekend at a women's event and we, she was talking to me about her, 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 when we would drive in the car about what she was going to share and she wanted feedback and she would ask me to read what she was going to share and give her feedback. That's very important to her. my, my is words of affirmation. And, and so she likes the quality time. I like the words of affirmation, but it takes patience and understanding on both of our parts so that we can understand what's going on in our lives and how we can actually meet those needs.
2: See, love is a choice. Um, It can't be based on feelings or events or emotions um, because those things constantly change. Um, We might have a crummy day, your spouse um, treats you negatively another day, or they put on a few extra pounds and get all mushy. Um, But you don't stop loving them. Um, You can't base your love on circumstances. Love is a decision. And intimacy is like a seed. You can leave it alone and it can sit there dormant and do nothing or you can plant it, you can water it, you can nurture it, you can prune it and it will grow and flourish. Intimacy is a huge part of marriage and it takes a lot of attention and work to keep it healthy.
1: And I hope you'll take this in the spirit that it's intended, trust us. We don't have it all figured out. No. We, 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 we love each other but there are days we don't like each other. We've gone through periods of time where we've had stress in our relationship and we've had to work through those barriers also. So I'm, and you know what we're learning after 41 years? You still get up every day and work, and work to have the marriage that God designed for you to have. But I will say this. If you wanna be proud of something as a Christian, uh, be proud of your love life. Because if you have it, I promise you this, you're unique, you're unique. The singles next week, I'm gonna to talk to you. And if you have kids and grandkids, I'm gonna be talking to them. So you need to be getting this advice. What, what are the benefits of being single? But since 90% of you are gonna get married, how do you find the love of your life? This weekend, we talked about how to keep them. Next weekend, I'm gonna to talk to you about how you actually find them. And it's a little bit more complicated than just falling in love, if you really want it to be the love of your life. So we'll look forward to that next weekend. Babe, would you close this in prayer?
2: Sure. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much that you loved us and gave us a great example of what true love looks like. And Father, you desire that we have an intimate relationship with you. And again, you gave us that example through through Jesus and how he, he showed his love for us, the church. Lord, it's not easy to be married, and um, there's lots of tough times, and there's things that come up, but it does take work, and you are right here with us, ready to help us to, um, to strengthen our marriages, to bring back intimacy, whatever it might take, and so we just ask for your Holy Spirit to just work in our lives, work in the marriages in this church, put them back together, uh, renew them, refresh them, and we just will thank you for that, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message. We are so excited to be a small part of all the great things that God is doing in and through your life. If you would like to take the next step in your spiritual journey, download the Hope app to find out ways to connect, opportunities to serve, and other resources. And if you'd like to contribute financially to our vision of reaching the triangle and changing the world, visit us at gethope.net slash giving. Thank you for your commitment to resourcing hope as we love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus.